Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. The MLB postseason has started. The games are going on as I am speaking. The Stanley Cup awarded. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they have some serious issues to deal with. And that's not what I'm going to be focusing on in today's episode of Sports with Yosef. I'll also get into some bad NFL news regarding COVID-19. All that coming up and much, much more on Sports with Yosef. Well, many times before the season, I said the Ravens were going to go 16-0. That prediction died on Monday Night Football. When the Ravens got humiliated by the Chiefs, like I said, on primetime football, 34-20 loss. And quite frankly, the Ravens were horrific. I mean, I the Ravens only turned the ball over once. They forced one turnover. So from a turnover point of view, there wasn't much of an issue. Here's where it came down to. And... This is going to be what goes down as one of the worst games of Lamar Jackson's um, time in Baltimore. I mean, you might make an argument this will be one of his worst he'll ever play. Lamar Jackson, 97 yards passing. I want to say 15 completions for 28 yards. If I'm remembering that correctly, it was like a 50-something, 53 or 57 completion percentage. A quarterback rating in the 70s. One touchdown, no interceptions. Lamar Jackson was horrific. And even the completions that he was hitting. We're talking about completions that if he throws the ball right, the receiver's going to be able to run and get some yak and pick up a first down. And be able to pick up an extra 10, 15 yards, 5, 10 yards, even, even 3 yards. But Lamar Jackson was throwing it so badly that there was very little yards after catch. Very little room for the receivers to work with. Lamar Jackson... He had Mark, uh, excuse me, Marquise Brown down the right sideline. If he throws a good ball to touchdown, it's whatever how many yards it is. It's a deep ball touchdown. He just has to put it up there and let Hollywood run under it. And he didn't. Quite frankly, he didn't. He wasn't able to come up with the with the throws. And that's going to be a real issue for Lamar Jackson because of all the talk about how good he was as a passer, about all the talk of how well he did in weeks one and two throwing the football, he really did not do well against a Steve Spagnuolo defense that I think needs to deserve a little bit more credit than people are giving them for around the league because they played really well against the Baltimore Ravens. And I mean really well. And Lamar Jackson did not get as much help as he could have from his receivers. His top target, Mark Andrews, uh, I want to say two receptions on eight targets. Andrews dropped a wide-open touchdown, I mean, in the end zone. I mean, an absolute drop. And he dropped a bunch of others. Lamar, not all the throws were 100% perfect. If Lamar was playing better, he could have placed him a little better. But there's still no reason for Mark Andrews to not come down with those balls. And quite frankly, if he does come down with those balls, maybe... First off, he comes down with that touchdown catch, and Jackson hits Hollywood Brown. I mean... We're talking about a scored a ball game which is tied up, and a very different outcome, a very different competitiveness going to the fourth quarter. Going to and it's coming. It was all in the second. Both of those were in the second half. But we're talking huge plays here. There were a couple of other big ones to Andrews, which he just did not get. I mean, you've got to be hitting those. And Mark Andrews just was a non-factor. He was a non-factor against the Texans as well, with totaling one reception. What's happened to Mark Andrews? Because 
the Ravens' offense last year was predicated around the tight ends. And the tight ends, they shipped off Hayden Hurst. Nick Boyle, he did have the lone offensive touchdown for the Ravens in the 34-20 beatdown from the Chiefs. But we're not seeing too much of Nick Boyle. And Mark Andrews, he's been a non-factor in two of the three games. And it's not like he was sensational against the Browns. Let's be real here. So what's going on with Mark Andrews? He's been neutralized. Now, Lamar Jackson hasn't been able to make much of it. Now, I'm not going to go through every aspect, or most even most of the aspects of those three games, um, and the Ravens are now 2-1-1 in second place in the AFC North behind the 3-0 Steelers. I'm not going to. But what I am going to do is, uh, there were some several overarching themes. Themes which, if you're a Ravens fan, should leave you trembling in your shoes, because there is some huge issues in Baltimore, issues that have been around for a long time, and they were highlighted, been highlighted so far against the Browns, Texans, and Chiefs. And we're going to start off with this. Pass rush. Pass rush, I mean, it's it's your key. The Ravens have got a great secondary, although the Tavon Young injury did drop it, and the Ravens weren't, Anthony Everett is not the greatest replacement for Tavon Young, but I mean, that's what you're going to have to be dealing with right now. But the Ravens, sec- they've got a good secondary with Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. By the way, Marcus Peters had his worst game of his tenure as a Raven against the Chiefs. We knew he was boom or bust, and we got to see what bust was for Marcus Peters. He had always been boom so far as a Raven. Well, we saw what bust was, and the Ravens came out with a loss. But the pass rush has been non existent. They couldn't get to, excuse me, they weren't able to bring down Deshaun Watson. They were getting to him a little bit, but they couldn't bring him down. They had zero sacks on Patrick Mahomes. And when you're getting to playing the top quarterbacks around the league, you have to be getting pass rush pressure. And the Ravens blitz more than any team in the league. And by the way, about that blitz... Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league against the Blitz. He is absolutely the best, um, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, just look at what he's done. His stat line against the Blitz, it's unreal. And yet, Wink Martindale, you are bringing the Blitz on a ridiculous amount of plays. You never sent in three at one time. You were always bringing the pressure. And it, quite frankly, they weren't able to do much. I mean, Mahomes torched him again. with the, When the Ravens Blitz, he was torched. And that's an issue. The Ravens, you're bringing the blitz. And you're still not getting the sacks. Six sacks on the year. And I think four of them were against the Browns and two against the Texans. Zero against the Chiefs. That's a huge deal. Remember, pass rush has been an issue for a long time. I mean, we're going back, 2019 was an issue, 2018 was an issue, 2017 was an issue, a little less there. I mean, you had Zedaria Smith for a little bit. I mean, when was the last time I could say the pass rush was great? When was the last time you could say that? Um, And I, I can't think of a time. Definitely not after their Super Bowl run. Their Super Bowl run pass rush wasn't all that great either. But not after their Super Bowl run. The pa- I mean, the pass rush is just tanked for the Ravens. Absolutely tanked. 
And if you're not getting pressure on a quarterback, but you're bringing extra guys and players into the box and you're bringing them across the line of scrimmage in pursuit of a quarterback who in Patrick Mahomes is amazing at getting away. And yes, Deshaun Watson, he's also pretty good at eluding pressure. So let's give those quarterbacks some credit where credit is due. But the Ravens are still not getting to them. I think he was Mahomes was taken down twi- two or three times in the entire game. Like, th- that's just unacceptable for a team who's blitzing more than any other team in the league. And to be honest, it's not particularly close, those blitz numbers. I don't have an issue that the Ravens blitz. But if I'm Wink Martindale, and I know that they're not getting pressure on the blitz, and I see that the Ravens are being torched off of the blitz, and and Patrick Mahomes' numbers against the Ravens off of the blitz um, in his three starts, they are literally unreal i do not have them in front of me i actually just heard someone say them today uh, we're talking like a ridiculous amount of touchdowns his his best plays come against the blitz absolutely and yet the ravens still were blitzing they were still unable to get to the quarterback well it's time to make a change wink martingdale you have access to the same stats in fact you have access to better stats than i do you should be able to figure this part out stop blitzing let's drop seven in coverage let's drop eight in coverage and most importantly something the ravens absolutely did not do and something that they needed to do was play quarterback contain i don't know what comes to your mind when you talk of patrick mahomes for some of you unreal sensational i personally am wowed every time i see him play um he, he really is an unreal talent and this lamar jackson patrick mahomes rivalry is going to be the talk of the nfl for decades to come provided lamar jackson stays in the afc which we'll see what the ravens decide to do with a contract situation which will be forthcoming and heavily dependent on how lamar jackson does and how far he brings the ravens in the playoffs in 2020 But Patrick Mahomes, when you think about him, you're not going to necessarily think about mobility. That's just not what you think about. But that's a mistake because he's one of the most, he's a very, very mobile quarterback. And he does incredibly well when he's outside the pocket, when he's broken contained. And so if I'm the Ravens, what is the one thing? If, I mean, I don't know what John Harbaugh said to his team, I don't know what Wink Martindale drew up. Um, in practices. But if I'm John Harbaugh, if I'm Mike Barningdale, here's what I'm saying. All right, guys, listen up. Here's what we got to do to beat Mahomes. We need to play quarterback contain. We need to be getting pressure up the middle. We'll bring, I'll help you out. I'll, we'll be bringing in a bunch of blitzes here. Uh, defense, you, you're going to have man a lot of man coverage here, so you're going to have to be sticking with your guys. And Deshaun, you're really responsible. You Don't let anyone get behind you deep. Okay? I mean, I think that's a, that's a decent summary of what the Ravens should have done. Now, the Ravens did not play quarterback contain well. In fact, I'm not even sure I would go as far to say they played it. And this was this has been an issue in the running game also, and the run defense, that they've just not been able to set the edge. They have to be able to set the edge. They have to be able to play quarterback contain, and quite frankly, they didn't. And when they don't, it's a serious issue. Because Patrick Mahomes, I mean, there were just, it was some basic stuff. Tyus Bowser, instead, he, he tried to go inside one time, and, and he was responsible for the edge, and Patrick Mahomes torches him around the right side. Same thing with Matt Judon. Jalen Ferguson, he, I'll talk more about him. 
I t- will talk more about Pernell McPhee, but the Ravens' outside linebackers have been horrific. You want to know why the Ravens were desperate to sign Yannick Ngakwe, why they really wanted to get Jadavian Clowney again, right player, right price. They they did not want to overpay, and okay, they didn't overpay, but now you sacrificed your pass rush. And the Ravens' outside linebackers have been unable to set the edge, play quarterback contain. I mean, that is scary. Because you want to know what happened the last time the Ravens weren't able to set the edge? The last time they didn't play quarterback contain? Well, I'm going to take you back to the playoffs and where the Ravens were run over by Derrick Henry. And it wasn't just that. And we can go back to the Ravens' loss uh, beatdown, 40-25 to beatdown week four against the Browns in 2019. Nick Chubb had the edge all day. Teams are taking advantage of the Ravens around the edge. And I understand that the Ravens were playing the defending Super Bowl champions. I understand they were playing the most prolific offense in the league. Yes, I just said it. And because the way the Ravens offense played, I mean, there's no other way to say it. And that could change later on in the season. It could be the Ravens go over in a couple of five weeks, six weeks, ten weeks down the line. We're going to say, yeah, the Ravens have the best offense in the league right now. Uh, But right now, after week three, of three weeks of NFL football, of 48 games, it's absolutely going to be Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense and that speedster of Chiefs offense. And I don't remember who said it. it might have been Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. But you, the third guy, the slow poke of that Chiefs offense, it's Sammy Watkins who runs a 4.3 40-yard dash. Literally unreal the amount of speed that the Chiefs have put around Patrick Mahomes. Literally, I mean, tra- Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, McCall Hardman, Sammy Watkins, it is unreal. And a guy who I'm reminded of in, of a similar situation, not just speed, but the talent that was put around him, Tom Brady. We all know the success Tom Brady had, but what Tom Brady had was a Hall of Fame cast of targets around him. Constantly and consistently, really until the final years of his career. I'd say 2018 and 19 that we really start, start, saw the decline. Gronk retired. Um, Edelman became, oh, he aged. He wasn't as good. Uh, but they really had Hall of Fame targets for a long time. And yes, Brady made his targets so much better. Absolutely. But the reason that the Patriots were able to have su- such great targets was Brady kept on taking pay cuts. Consistently taking pay cuts. Let's compare that to Patrick Mahomes. He just signed a $450 million contract worth up to $503 million, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how the Chiefs are going to continue to try to put talent around Patrick Mahomes four or five years down the line. When Hill's contract's up, when Kelsey's contract's up, when Watkins is out, McCall Harmon, he's going to be hitting and getting paid soon, hitting free agency uh, in what's going to be... He was not a. I don't believe he was a first round draft pick. Although I could be wrong about that. So whatever we're talking 2023, 2024 at the very latest. It's going to be 2022 or 2023 for when he hits free agency. But someone's going to have to take a pay cuts for the, if the Chiefs want to have all this talent, or they're going to have to sacrifice some other part of the game, whether that be their defense, their special teams. They're not going to be putting too much money to special teams. I'm really not sure what they're doing. Derek Clyde, Edward C. Lair, another guy's going to one day have to get paid. And Ravens are in the same situation. They'll have to figure out who's going to get paid one day in the offseason. But right now, the Chiefs have the best offense in the league. 
And if the Ravens want to be able to compete defensively with some of those best offenses in the league, they're going to have to develop a pass rush. And to do that, it's going to have to work with a couple of guys. And I'm going to start with Pernell McPhee here. Pernell McPhee, three games, he has eight tackles. No sacks. Uh, no tackles for loss. Four of those tackles were solo, four were assists. Another guy. Let's uh, Jalen Ferguson. Three games. One tackle. You heard me right. No sacks. Um, does have a fumble recovery. Uh, that was more like being in the right place in the right time. Okay. What is going on with these two guys? Okay, so first off, Pernod McPhee, he's looking older. He's looking much, much, much older. And it looks like he doesn't have the legs that he needs to have to be able to play. And he's just been a non-factor. He's been getting about 50... I don't know the snap counts of the Chiefs game, but in the Raven, in the Browns and the Texans, he got about 50% of the snaps. Jalen Ferguson got much less, which would explain why he did not have as many um, plays. But that doesn't bode well that they're not trusting Ferguson. They're... What was it? Second round draft pick last year? Would that make sense? It was Hollywood Brown in the first round. Um... I don't know, was it no second or fourth? I should not be blanking on this, but I am. I want to say fourth. But bottom line, those two guys are just not producing at all. Pernod McPhee looks too old. He looks like he doesn't have the legs anymore and the speed to be able to do much. And Jalen Ferguson, what was I talking about earlier? Setting the edge, playing in quarterback contain, being in your route, discipline, and knowing how to stick in your assignment. Football is an assignment-based game. Do your job. And quite frankly, neither Pernomic or Jalen Ferguson have been doing their job. Jalen Ferguson, he's horrific at setting the edge. That's why he's not getting playing time, to be honest, because he's not been able to set the edge, and you need to be able to set the edge to be an NFL defender and an NFL outside linebacker. And both of those guys, they've got me really worried because... What If you don't have those guys, Tyus Bowser, is he for real? I don't know. But whether or not he is for real, him and Matthew Judon, he and Matthew Judon did not look all too impressive against the Chiefs. But like, who are the Ravens coming up with the outside linebacker here? You're going to try to sign a guy off the street in a year where free agents are being tapped right and left? where there's really just not much of a room to be able to do much with these guys, like, that that's what you're going to be doing? I mean, I guess so. If that, I mean, if that's what you have to be doing. But that's not what they want to be doing. They have to do better than that. Because it's just, quite frankly, unacceptable what they're doing. Which is not performing. No other way to say it. The Pernambuco, Fiji, Jalen Ferguson, the Ravens outside linebacking groups, they need to perform better if the Ravens want to win football games against top teams in the National Football League. The Ravens are going to be steamrolling the Washington football team. I mean, it's going to happen. But when it comes down to November, when it comes to December, more importantly, January, if the Ravens get that far, February, what's going to happen and have to happen? The Ravens are going to have to be able to set the edge, play quarterback and taint to beat the best teams in the National Football League. And right now, the Ravens do not have that ability to do that. And we'll see how that works. So, 
let's switch a little bit to offense here. For the Ravens offensively, well, after the Ravens losing the battle in the trenches, and I don't know how to classify this this Chiefs game, who won. The Ravens lost the battle defensively in the trenches to the Browns, won it against the Texans. I don't know what I would say against the Chiefs. The run defense wasn't all that bad. It wasn't. They did do a nice job. I think Clyde did Edwards Hilaire seventy something yards. Um I mean yeah, I mean I guess they were making enough of a physical imprint where I would say they won it. They decisively won it. They've not decisively won um the line of scrimmage at all this year. But this is offensively a team which has struggled in protecting their quarterback. Lamar Jackson, he's been sacked. He was sacked four times against the Texans. He was sacked four times against the Chiefs. And that's worrisome. Ten sacks overall in the year. Yet, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, at a certain point, what are you looking for from him? What are we going to say we need to see? from Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to make too many plays if he's got a guy in his face on every single play. It's just not happening. Guaranteed. So the Ravens have to be able to come up with protection. The Ravens, they lost Marshall Yonda, a huge loss in the offseason. And they're putting it, it's a very young right side of the line with Tyree Phillips and Orlando Brown and J.J. Watts schooled them. But the Ravens, they're, they're just not, they're mental mistakes on the line. That are driving me nuts. Guys passing off protections they shouldn't have been. It happened against the Texans. I saw it last night against the Chiefs when I watched the replay this morning. And, I mean, just passing off protection, not knowing who you're meant to blocking, miscommunication. Guys, there are literally zero fans in attendance. Actually, there were, I don't know, a couple, maybe 2,000 for the Ravens Chiefs game. I don't care. I don't care if you're pumping in crown noise at 60 decibels where it's doing almost nothing to an offense or defense for that matter. I don't care. They should be able to make communication, be able to communicate better at the line of scrimmage. We should not be seeing communication mistakes in the secondary on the offensive line. The secondary was torched against the Chiefs because of communication mistakes after playing very well against both the Browns and the Texans. Communication mistakes... Remember the whole issues of week three, week four last year with the Ravens? Communication. The Ravens need to communicate better. And they're not doing it well enough right now, and that has to change. And offensive line, they need to communicate better, they need to block better, and then they need to make it easier for the offensive line, and that is to have better play calling. I had liked the play calling against the Texans. I don't remember specific what I specifically what I thought against the Browns. I thought it was all right. I wanted them to open it up a little bit more. I, I didn't have many issues with the way that I, in fact, I really liked, I praised it in one of my articles um, for Tackler.com. Speaking of which, check out all of the episodes of Sports with Yosef, including I've not reached out to him yet. I had a verbal commitment beforehand. He is out of the Edmonton bubble, and he is a major sports broadcaster. He has been broadcasting sports for decades, and he said he will be coming on Sports with Yosef. So make sure... You're ready for that episode to drop. I don't know when it will be. I need to schedule a date with him to record. But whenever that happens, and whenever that's going to work, it will happen. Make sure you check out all the past episodes of Sports with Yosef. I've had a couple of really good interviews recently. 
uh, so make sure you check all of those out. Check out all my videos on Sportscaster. Check out all of my articles, tackler.com, techmahol.com, flurrysports.org. Give me a follow on Twitter, yosefm613. Look, I know it's a lot of different sites. Let's be real. And I just want to also apologize for the way the Apple Podcasts, the way it lists my podcasts. I, I don't know how you guys do it. And I know I'm getting a lot of listens on Apple Podcasts. I just don't know how you guys are doing it. Um, I don't know of a way to fix it without messing up literally every other site. So I don't have a, an a easy fix here. But yeah, I mean, it is a. I took a look on the Apple Podcasts site uh, i don't know a couple weeks ago and it was so bad i was like cringing the whole time um but yeah i mean i've got a lot of content it's spread over the web and i actually was just asked today if i would write for another site but to make it easier for you i created a website yosefm613.com y-o-s-e-f-m-613.com and it has a culmination of all of my content. It does not have all of my videos on it just because I've got, what, 400-something videos on Sportscaster, and I'm not embedding all of them in there, and I don't have the space to download and upload. So what bottom line is going to happen is you're going to have to go to Sportscaster to watch most of the videos. I have a couple of embeds of specific topics and stuff like that, but what's going to happen is you should be going to the site. All of my articles are there. Uh, I, I do think that you should try to check it out on the host site just because they have sometimes graphics embedded, which I'm not including in. Um, got graphic embeds. Um, they've got some hyperlink stuff like that, which I, I'm not transferring over. But it's there. If it, Just the, the text of the article, it is on my site. So you can check that out. It's got my I, an embed on my podcast, which you can listen on the site. It gives you a glimpse of my Twitter feed. It's going to let you send me messages there if you don't have a way to contact me in person. And also, most importantly, it lets you subscribe, where every time I post a new article, a new podcast, a new maybe featured video on the site, I will send you an email. I'll send out an email to everyone who has signed up on the homepage. You can sign up, put in your email, and you will get emails every time I post new content straight to your inbox. And I would highly suggest doing that because, like, how often are you going to check? I mean, there are times where I'm posting, I don't know, six pieces a week, and times I'll post one or two. It's just, it's tough to know. But here you really get an email every time I am posting new content. I don't do that for every video I do. If you want to do that, there is a link on the site which you can sign up for a Sportscaster account. Follow me. I highly suggest doing it from my site. Um, uh, there's a better link to do it, and that'll take you straight there without having to jump around and tr- try to figure it out. Uh, again, yosefm613.com, and you can, get, if you just follow me, you will get an email every time I go live. As I go live um, for every stream, unless I don't notify followers that that happens, but as I am, you're good. Now, with that said, the play calling against the Chiefs. Here, here's my issue with it. The Ravens on that first drive were doing pretty well. And they were, okay, I mean, look, they were moving the ball. But they were moving the ball, running the football. And then all of a sudden, they were limited to a field goal. And then, you know what, let's get away from the running game. Look, what are you doing? Run the football. I don't care what else. 
the team that was great in 2019 for the Ravens. The 2019 Ravens, a historically great team. It was historically great at running the football. Run that pigskin. And keep on pounding it. The Ravens just ignored the run. Greg Roman, there are not a lot of times where I've disagreed with the way you call plays. It's not a lot. There are times where I've wanted you to add in more parts to your playbook. I wanted to add in more screens, which the Ravens have done this year, which I've been very happy about. But what are you doing? You're not Mark Tressman. You're not Marty Morningweg. You should be running the football. I don't care if you're behind 10 points. I don't care if you're behind 17 points. It's early in the third quarter. Run the football. How many times does the Ravens need to lose games by not running the football until they get the message? They lost in the Titans game because they didn't run in the football. I'm going to take you back to week three against the Chiefs where the Ravens did not run the football well, did not run the football in the first half, and they lost that game, but they ran the football well in the second half. Run the football. Literally just run the football. And the Ravens have not done that. They've just not done it. And I I mean, I I don't know what else you're going to want to be seeing from these two quarterbacks because you're not going to, like, I said these two quarterbacks, by this team. If you're not calling the right plays, then there's not much you're going to be able to do. And that doesn't make it easy for the Ravens to do much. I mean, offensive lines like running the football. Orlando Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Bradley Bowes, Matt Skira. I mean, Tyree Phillips, some big guys on that O-line. Pound the football. It's not rocket science. Call your running plays. I don't play heavy football. Use the 12 personnel. I'll use the 22 personnel. Run the football. 21 personnel. I'm not seeing enough. Pa- uh, we did not see Patrick Ricard at all in the Chiefs game, really, that I remember. Let me get a snap count on him. Um, but, like, run the football. I don't care what you're doing. Running the football does not go amiss if you're the Baltimore Ravens because their team is literally that good at running the football. And that has to change. The Ravens have to be running the football more. Stay true to that and own self. Be true. I did not think I would be quoting Shakespeare when I was prepping this podcast, but you know what? It happens. They've got to do a better job. Patrick Ricard, he was in on just 20% of offensive snaps. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Bring him in more. Use him in the you can use him in the passing game. You can use him in the rushing game a little bit. I, I'm a little hesitant with that after the fumble week one against the Browns, but he's a great blocker. Let's use the. I mean, the Ravens. The, the personnel is built to run the football. It's not built to be throwing, and yet the Ravens are throwing the football way too much, and the results are showing. Lamar Jackson and I understand Lamar Jackson had, had thrown the football very well in weeks one and two, and I also understand that he he really. I don't have an explanation. I've not done a in-depth dive of his mechanics throwing the football but he really struggled against the Chiefs really really struggled it was really almost painful to watch him throw worse than I've ever seen him throw in his NFL career and I mean maybe you could say his rookie year there were some that weren't as that were worse but it's it can be playoffs aside it's going to be tough to find but the Ravens got to be calling more running plays to set up the play action. The Chiefs are a team where they're throwing to set up the run game. The Ravens have to be running to set up the passing game. And if they're able to do that, they're going to be able to keep on growing 
thing and letting Lamar Jackson have easy throws. I don't know what was up with Mark Andrews. I don't know what was up with Lamar Jackson, but I do know that running the football was something the Ravens just did not do anywhere near enough of at all. I mean, I can try to get you the amount. I mean, it was really not good. I mean, 21 rushing attempts for the Ravens for 158 yards. 28 passing attempts. Um, I like that's ridiculous. The Ravens lost time of possession by seven minutes, almost really eight minutes. I like the, that should not be happening. The Ravens should not be throwing more than they're running. I don't care if you're behind, because you can you you can say that. Well, they wouldn't have been that far behind if they had stayed true to their own self and their own identity, which is ground the football, physical football. Gus Edwards, by the way, he's looking better than Mark Ingram, and I'm wondering if he needs to be the future back, and he is going to be the future of Mark Ingram, a few free agent after the season. We're going to be seeing Justice Hill. Gus Edwards, and J.K. Dobbins as the new tri-headed monster in Baltimore. So there's that offensive line and that that offense. Um, what was good to see in the Texans game, not really as much in the, in the, actually not at all, very little, oh my goodness, um, 82 on 82 snaps for, 82 2% of the snaps, Miles Boykin was in. And he's a very good run blocker, um, which is why he does so well. But he did not put up great stats. I mean, I can see if I can pull up what he did quickly. I've got it. I do have it in front of me. So, I mean, Miles Boykin, no targets. No. No, that's, that's in passing. One second. One target, eight. Two targets, one reception, eight yards. He was in on 80% of the snaps. Unacceptable. Un, un, unacceptable. He was getting involved in the Texans and Browns game, which I was really liked. He was getting in front of Lamar Jackson's face, which is what he had to do. And the Ravens just did not get him the football now that I'm looking at the stats. Really unacceptable. Um, just, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. Another guy who I want to see more of, Devin Duvernay, who had the first kickoff return for a touchdown. I did not look this up. This is off the top of my head, but give me credit here for knowing this off the top of my head. And if I don't know it, then... It's off the top of my head, so you can't blame me. But I believe the first kickoff return touchdown since the Chicago Bears, Bobby something, where he was tripped up by his own teammate but never touched down. He got up and ran it for a TD. Um, against the Bears, that would have been in 2017, last year of Joe Flacco starting 17 games. And so you're going to have to... I mean, so getting that kickoff return touchdown was really nice. James Prochet had a nice punt return, which was, again, really nice to see. Uh, a, a special team spark, which the Ravens haven't had since Jacoby Jones in that Super Bowl run. They've just not had it. But they were able to do it against the uh, against the Chiefs. Prochet, he's really made one bad mistake this year in punt returns decisions. But other than that, I've not had issue with him. So, good to see there from the Ravens. And before I go too much farther, I just want to say, for all the fact that I'm talking about what the Ravens need to improve on, let's give some credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid, Eric Miennami. Uh That offensive... I mean, the offensive ingenuity that I see game in and game out from KC is ridiculous. I mean, let's let's take a look about who scored the touchdowns for the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes had a three-yard rush, 
Anthony Sherman, the fullback, an underhand shovel pass, which looks like Mahomes wasn't even looking at him. He probably was a little bit. He had a five-yard t- receiving catch. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 20-yard. McCall Hardman, 49-yard. And then Eric Fisher, the one of the, one of the tackles. I forget which side. I, I don't know. He had a touchdown pass. The Chiefs find ways to go and make plays. And the amount of motion. The Chiefs, they use it more than any other team in the league. Where they'll motion Tyreek Hill into the backfield. And then he will like do this weird spin out. Like spin on his heel and head right back to where he was. And which sets up the swing pass. Which sets up quick screens. I mean it sets up a million things. And they do that with Travis Kelsey. They do that with Tyreek Hill. They do that with Sammy Watkins. They do that with Michael Harmon. They're doing that with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, what more could you ask for emotions from than what the Chiefs show? The Chiefs, their their offensive ingenuity, and their defensive ingenuity as well. And Steve Spagnuolo, he he had an incredible game going against the Ravens. But just specifically, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. Which, by the way, Eric Bieniemy, he will be a head coach before the twenty twenty one NFL season. Uh, what most deservedly also, what he has done has been incredible. But the ingenuity, the flea flickers that we were seeing, the creativity. You're looking one way. And then Andy Reid, he's pulling out the coin from the, from the other side other side of the stage. You you look one way, you you see Tyreek Hill, and then they're going to their offensive tackle. It is unreal. The crea- I mean, for our, Greg Roman is the best run developer in the in the league. Andy Reid, he is the best pass developer in the league, and to be honest, it's not particularly close. With that said. Moving on, I do not have the latest update on this, but when I was getting my notes ready for this podcast, I don't know if there is a latest update for that matter. When I was getting my notes ready, here's what had happened. The Titans had three positive cases for COVID-19. The Vikings were in quarantine, are going into quarantine, and the Titans-Steelers game and the Vikings-Texans game were in jeopardy. And... That was an issue because unlike the MLB, you cannot play a doubleheader in the NFL. More than that, you cannot even play twice in the same week in the NFL. You put, Sunday, Thursday is pushing it. So what's the NFL going to be doing if they miss games? Maybe these, maybe they push both of those games off to doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Maybe that's what they do. Okay. If, if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. But I mean, uh, you're running into some huge issues here. Both teams are in quarantine after playing on Sunday, and the Titans win. And it will be interesting to see what the Titans, the Vikings, and the NFLs are going to do. This is the first test of the NFL COVID policy. They did very, very, very well in training camp and pre, um, and coming in, and through the first two weeks of the season and really not having any positive cases. Very, very impressive. Well, now that, that's been passed, and how are they going to deal with it? And I'm curious to see, because like I said, you don't have the opportunity to play doubleheaders. You don't have the opportunity to play twice in the same week. I don't know how you're going to do it. I, I Maybe they're going to have to revert to win percentage. But I, I did say the Titans are making the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. One more Ravens note before we wrap up. And no, we're not getting into MLB, NBA, and NHL, any of that stuff today. Um, as I'm already hitting well past the 40 minute mark on this recording, not well past like 41 minutes in, um, and this 
it's going to be a little bit shorter once I take out some dead space. But finishing drives. The Ravens against the Browns, against the Texans, against the Chiefs could not finish drives. And maybe there were some times where John Harbaugh should have been more aggressive, where he should have gone for it, which he didn't do. And in my mind, it's an issue because John Harbaugh, I mean, I would have liked the Ravens to go for it a little bit more on fourth downs, on short. But the Ravens to not finish drives, it's a huge issue because you can't be getting field goals. Uh, like, the Ravens have to be scoring touchdowns. Justin Tucker, 7 of 7 on field goals. Why is he needing to take 7 field goals for, for through whatever number of games it is? Justin, uh, Sam Cook, 8 punts. Again, should not be happening. Ravens have to be doing better on fourth downs. They have to be... and taking drives in the red zone to the 30 even if drives getting down to the 30 they don't those drives cannot finish in a field goal they have to finish in a touchdown because touchdowns are the way this Ravens team is are going to win if the ravens could have traded their field goals for touchdowns they win they win against the chiefs uh what well, maybe maybe they don't win but they're definitely in it i mean and then it's a completely different ball game in the final uh i don't know 10 minutes of the game and they didn't. They didn't, though. But the Ravens, uh, one more thing that they, like I said, that they were going to really have to do, finish those drives. And when they do finish those drives, and when that defensive line learns how to set the edge and play quarterback contain, and when Lamar Jackson snaps out of whatever weird funk he was in against the Chiefs, which will happen, guaranteed, and when the offensive line that right side of the offensive line is going to get a little bit more experience, then the Baltimore Ravens will be Super Bowl champions. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messinter. Check out all of my content. Keep it tuned for the next podcast coming out, and I'll see you next time.